Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast, episode 205. My name is Mike Anello, and today I'm joined by Fatima Khalid. Hey, Fatima, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Um, you might recognize uh, her voice. You probably <laughs> are going to recognize her username, because um, I, I think Fatima, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you have one of the few, actually, no, let me put this another way. Your username perhaps best describes you. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anybody else in the community whose username is much is as much of as, as an adge- adjective for the person than sugar <laughs> overflow is for you. Yeah, I get that a lot. And I think it, when I came up with it, it wasn't so well planned, but I like it now. It makes me think of, and I should have asked if I could, if, <laughs> if, if I could ask you this before I'm going to go out on a limb. Have you seen the Lego movie? Yeah, I have. So you know the character who is like kind of up in uh, the sky, who's kind of like just um, super en- energetic. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that character. Yeah, I think she's played by Alison Brie, who used to be yeah. on the show Community. That's who you remind me of. <laughs> Yeah, I know. This was more just Stack Overflow, and I was just like, "Oh, sugar overflow," <laughs> just like very on the spot. But but it worked out really well. <laughs> oh, it's perfect for you. It's absolutely perfect. It's, you can't help but smile when you see the username, and then when you know when I've never seen you not like smiling or laughing. I'm sure, like most of us, you have your moments, but uh, you know your your username is absolutely fantastic. So. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you are a web developer with uh, Digital Echidna up yep. in Canada, and you're living up there now? Yeah, I moved here almost a year and a half ago and just got used to it. Um, it's really cold up here these days. We just got snow again yesterday, but it's, it's been fun. Echidna's great. <laughs> what was the hardest thing to get used to moving? Uh, because you're originally from New York, you were just telling me. Yeah, I think the hardest thing is like I'm from the city, like from very urban cities. So getting used to the the feeling of a smaller city, um, less people, less traffic, no subway, you know, no underground transportation. Um, And then I think I had this opinion that everything would be the same in terms of food or brands. But when you go to the supermarkets here, they have their own brands of everything. So not being able to find like Cheerios in the local supermarket was a little bit of a shock in the beginning. Are there Canadian Cheerios? Yeah, they have this brand called President's Choice. Ironic because they don't have a president. Um, and it ha- it'll, it'll call it like Little Circle Bites or something very strange and generic. Yeah. So they have the version like they'll have Frosted Flakes, but they'll call them Crunchy Sugar Flakes. You know, like- it's very descriptive, just like your username. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Uh, and the reason you're on the podcast, um, well, one of the reasons, I should say, but the, the, the source of the topic for what we're going to be talking about is you are a DrupalCon uh, Nashville track chair, uh, but more importantly, for this conversation, you are a sprint mentor. Yes. I'm actually going to be the triage sprint lead at Nashville, so that's exciting. Oh, okay. Um, so real quick, what track are you uh, involved with? Uh, I'm the track chair for Building Community, which is kind of a revamp of an older track that was called Community and then went away for a bit. Um, so it's just sort of a diversity and how do we, you know, become the community we want to be 
kind of track. All right, very good. And we're gonna we're gonna put that part of the conversation on hold. I'm actually gonna have uh, Brooke Candelaria, who is the new event director for the Drupal Association, on in a few podcasts to talk all about DrupalCon Nashville. So that's gonna be an exciting one. <laughs> yeah, she's brand new to the community, so we're gonna we're gonna learn all about her uh, during that episode. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today, the goal is, and this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. It's just kind of one of those things. I don't want to call it lower priority, but I, I, I'll forget about it for a few months. Then I'll think about it again. Then I'll forget about it. And um, and finally, we're, we're, we're here. So I, I definitely um, am looking forward to this. But the goal of today's podcast is really for folks who have never been to a sprint. So Fatima, as someone who has led sprints and has been involved in sprints for a while, I think you're the perfect person to kind of help us through this because what I want to do is I want to, uh, I want to have discussion and, and ask you about like if I've never been to a sprint and I'm interested in one, but I don't know if, you know, is it for me? Is it something I'm qualified to do? Where do I go? What do I do when I get there? What should I expect? A lot of unknowns if you've never been to a sprint. Um, so that's what I want to talk about. So let's let me throw you a softball to start. What is a sprint? Um, so a sprint is just a get together for everyone to focus on like different Drupal problems and sort of solve them together. And I guess when everyone asks them the like themselves the question, is a sprint for me? I would say a sprint is for everyone. As we'll have tasks for people who are developers or people who are content editors or people who just want to test things. And you don't necessarily need to know code in order to help in a sprint. And I, the other part of that, I think, is, you know, when you show up to a sprint, you know, everyone shows up with their special sauce, right? With their, this is what I'm, what I'm good at. This is what I like to do. Um, and there, and you know, the, as a sprint lead, it's kind of your job and the other sprint leads' jobs to kind of find a good spot for that person. So when we have people show up to sprint day at DrupalCon or at a camp, we usually structure the sprint into like three parts. There's like the first time workshop, which is I absolutely know nothing about a sprint. I don't know how to Drupal on my computer. I don't really know what Drupal is, but I'm here and I have a computer. And that's the workshop where we'll sit you down, we'll show you a presentation, we'll get you set up with like dev desktop so that you don't have to worry about like PHP or Apache on your laptop. And you'll get like a basic Drupal 8 install set up. Um, and then we have the middle ground, which is the, the mentored sprints. So once you've got everything set up, we'll take you to the mentored sprint and we'll be like, what do you like to do? You know, is it documentation? Um, do you like testing things? Are you good at taking screenshots? Um, or do you want to write code? Is it front end? Is it back end? Is it design? And then we'll we'll take what the person says and try to match them up with the right table of you know a sprint lead or like a sprint mentor who's working on something with other people. Um, so it's kind of like matchmaking. And then you know for like very experienced people, they usually just go straight to contribution sprints and they know what they want to work on. So they'll look at the map and they'll just go sit down. Yeah, so one of the things that I've done with our local um, sprints uh, here in Florida at, at Florida Drupal Camp is I will ask for t first-time sprinters what bugs them about Drupal. And normally they'll give me some big, you know, big thing, but I'll try and narrow it down to something small and digestible 
You know, maybe it's just like the way the menu is set up or, you know, some language or the fact that, you know, something doesn't have, you know, isn't explained all that well. And normally I'll try and guide them to a contribution based on something that, you know, will will scratch one of their itches. Yeah, that actually sounds really great. <laughs> if I am, so if I've never been a sprinter, if I've never been to a sprint, um, kind yes. of set the scene. What is it like? What does it look like? Is it is it in an auditorium? You know, is, is it quiet? Yeah, usually it's on Fridays, and and I'm gonna talk mostly about DrupalCon because um, that's where we get the most first timers. Um, and it'll be on a Friday. We'll have like three big auditorium rooms, and you'll show up. There'll be like a desk where you can get a sticker. You know, there'll be like a first timer sticker or a mentor sticker, depending on who you are. Um, and you'll sit down, there'll be a Mac side of the room and a Windows side of the room, and hopefully all the mentors are wearing the same color, so you'll, you can like tag someone down and be like, hey, I need help. Um, you watch a PowerPoint on how to set things up, and then we pass around a flash drive so you can install everything quickly. Um, and that's like dev tools and like the latest Drupal 8 so that you can get set up. Um, and then we talk a lot about like, hey, don't stress it. Like we're just gonna get a basic Drupal set up. And a lot of people come to the sprint room and they're not always developers and they'll just be like, yeah, my team works with Drupal. I'm just a project manager, but I kind of want to set it up and see what it's like. Or like, we're about to do a project on Drupal and, and I'm just here because I'm curious. And those, that's the more exciting case where you're like, oh, hi, like let's set it up. Uh, yeah, so the rooms are generally set up with like big round tables. Yeah. And that can be intimidating, I think, for if, you know, if, if someone who's never been to a sprint before walks up to a room and sees a bunch of people already sitting at tables, you know, apparently working. We try to have mentors at the door who will just be like, hi, you look confused. Can I help you? You know, um, because it, it can be very hard to walk into a room like that and not know where to go. There, there are often like maps outside where we'll have like a seating chart of all the tables and each table will come and write what they're working on. So if you kind of have an idea, you can be like, oh, layouts is over there. I'll go check that out. Um, but usually the sprint mentors, it's kind of a big responsibility on them to be welcoming and to kind of catch people before they walk away. You know? Yeah, I think that that is so important. And I know that at DrupalCon, that that's the way it works. But I, I you know, at smaller sprints at you know Drupal camp sprints i think that is so important to have someone who is like standing up at the entrance whose sole job it is is to like welcome people and get them over that initial hump of walking in the room and sitting down and feeling or and starting to feel comfortable i think going to a sprint room at a camp it, it takes a lot of courage <laughs> takes a lot of courage. I think one of the things that I noticed that helped me was when someone would present about the, like they would give a presentation and at the end they would be like, and they'll be at the sprint room, you know? So then you know, okay, I really like this speaker and they're going to be at the sprint room. So you kind of have this excuse to at least go to the sprint room. And once you're there, somebody will be like, hey, you're here. Do you want to help with something? Um, but just walking in through those doors is very hard. And, and I feel like the more we talk about it during the camp, the more likely someone is to go over there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, just kind of reiterating, you know, and I, I think I'm saying this more to like event organizers than anybody else, have someone welcoming people 
at sprints. It's so important. It makes such a big difference. We did it last year for the first time um, where we really had people on the lookout for, you know, folks walking in and you can kind of, you know, see them standing there and looking around for a minute and not really sure what to do. And you just got to, you got to grab them and, and, and kind of, you know, make them feel welcome and, and get them going. Kathy does an amazing job with this. <laughs> I remember we were at Dev Summit camp last year and there was a student who didn't know anything about Drupal and she was sitting at another table by herself. Um, and Kathy went over and was like, hey, why don't you come sit with us? Let's see what you want to do. And like, I maybe wouldn't have known that I should do that unless I'd seen it in action. So it's kind of like watching the pros and picking up on like what things help newcomers. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Kathy is almost on the aggressive side of, uh, of, of <laughs> mentorship, but in a but good way. So nice that I think she usually, usually ends up well. Right. So, okay. So let's pretend I'm a first time sprinter. I've never been to a sprint. I'm going to a Drupal event. I'm going to DrupalCon. I, I'm interested in, I've got Friday to, to sprint. Uh, what do I bring? Do I need to like get anything installed on my computer first? Should I bring my computer? Like, what are the absolute basics for, you know, what should I bring? Should I bring a lunch? Usually there's food. <laughs> Hopefully. If the camp budget's low, they'll let you know that there won't be food. So they'll give you a break um, for lunch. You should probably bring a laptop the first time. I did have a case where uh, my laptop hard drive broke down two hours into a camp sprint. So I kind of did shoulder coding with other people. And so that also works. Like if you don't have a computer and you kind of just want to learn, you can pair up with someone and solve an issue together. Or you can like sit with someone who's, you know, working on a core issue. Like I remember I sat with Tim Plunkett once and learned a lot about the layout builder module um, just by watching and asking questions. So I think a lot of people are really chill with having a pair programmer. But absolutely, if it's your first time, bring a laptop. Um, if you're one of those people that feels better, if you're prepared, there's a documentation page on, on sprints and there's like a set of steps where you can set up dev desktop, um, and like set up your basic install. So you don't have to go through the workshop when you arrive at the sprint and you can kind of start working on an issue right away. Um, but if you're uncomfortable setting that up or you just don't have enough experience, there will be somebody there who can walk you through that process. Yeah, so something you just said kind of piqued my interest a little bit, and that is kind of the pair programming. And do you think it's, I mean, would you recommend that if you're a first-time sprinter to kind of bring another first-time sprinter and kind of attack things as a pair? And that, that seems to me like that would that could be pretty effective. I think it depends on the person. For me, I would definitely love somebody else there with me. Just, just, you know, just to get over the intimidation factor and then, you know, have someone else to kind of bounce ideas on. Um, but I guess some people may not know anyone at the camp or may not, you know, know anyone that would go with them to the first time sprint workshop. So they can always tell their sprint mentor, like, hey, like, I don't want to work on an issue alone. And sometimes we do pair a couple people together at a table to look at an issue. Let's say we have to test it on different versions of Mac we'll have the, them work on the same issue and walk them through the same steps. All right, well, let's take, I'm going to hit the pause button real quick because I, I do want to talk about our sponsor. So, because in a couple of the past episodes, I've forgotten the sponsor till the very end. And that's that's a bad podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> so let me mention uh, mydropwizard.com. They do Drupal 6 through 8 basic maintenance plans for uh, Drupal sites. So the idea is if you have a Drupal site or if you're an organization, um, 
or if you're a, a, an agency that, that maintains Drupal sites for a bunch of clients, uh, mydropwizard.com, what they will do is they will take over keeping modules updated, keeping core updated, doing kind of all the grunt day-to-day work to keep that site up and running. Uh, monthly fees start at $99. Uh, they will make sure the site, the site stays online. They'll even answer support questions um, you know, for well-used, uh, popular uh, um, contributed modules as well as Drupal Core. Um, in addition, if you need it, they will perform one-off maintenance tasks. If you have a page that's not performing all that well and you know, it's got you know, this big view or multiple views and it loads really slow, you know, maybe that's something they can take a look at and um, help you out with to improve the performance of. Any plan you get with them includes a site audit, a 24-hour response time, 30-day money-back guarantee, and this one is the craziest bit, complimentary hosting. Um, so if, you know, if you're looking for a new host, this kind of makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, you can get your site hosted and get it maintained all for one low price. So you definitely want to check them out at mydropwizard.com. Okay. So thank you, Fatima, for, uh, sticking with me there. So I think we already kind of discussed this next, uh, um, point, but you know, let's just make sure I didn't miss anything. When I arrive at a sprint, it sounds like the advice that we're both giving is look for a sprint lead. Look for someone there who can kind of guide you. Look for someone who looks like they're in charge. <laughs> I know at, uh, at Drupal cons, everyone's the sprint mentors are wearing like a particular color t-shirt or something, correct? Yeah. They'll usually have some kind of stripes, like tape stripes on their shirt. So the more stripes, the more experience. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I have actually seen the tape stripes in the past, but I've never known like what one verse two verse three meant. I think it's um, for each stripe is a like one conference or one camp sprint mentoring. Oh, so are there people that have have just nothing but like T-shirts made out of tape? (laughs) No, I last year was my first time at Vienna and I just had a T-shirt, no stripe. I'd love to ask you about Vienna, but no, we're going to stay on track. Um, how was the food? Let me just... <laughs> the food was great. Actually, the vegetarian option was the best that I've had at a camp so far. No cold eggplant. <laughs> um, but yeah, this year at Nashville, I'm really excited. I'm going to have my first stripe. <laughs> Very good. All right. So what should I, as a first-time sprinter, I, you know, I think we've all, maybe not all of us if you're a first-time sprinter, but there are definitely folks who attend sprints for the first time and get commits made to Drupal core. We kind of make a big deal about it, you know, yeah. um, here's someone's first commit. Um, and that's great. Um, if, you know, if you're a coder, that's a reasonable goal. Um, if you're, if, you know, maybe you're a coder, maybe you're not like, what's a, what are, how do you set your expectations for attending a sprint? I think people should be proud whether they, you know, have to up, like have uploaded a patch or even just made a comment on an issue. Um, sometimes we have people do triage, which is just determining whether the issue is still major. And that, that just re- like it, the process is to go through the issue and, and follow the steps to reproduce and then say, hey, I was still able to see this bug on this version of Drupal, here's some screenshots, or hey, I don't see this bug anymore. Um, and that's really helpful to the person who reported the issue because maybe no one's looked at it in a while. I would argue that is 
as important, if not more important than actually coding. Right, exactly. So, so even if you just do that, I, I like props to you, like you read through an issue, you had to understand it, you had to reproduce it. Um, and it's a lot of work for the first time as well. Um, some people, you know, they, they're really nervous, so we'll try to give them documentation stuff. So if there's issues there where it's like, rewrite this line, and someone else has already suggested, you know, how to replace the sentence, um, we'll have them do that. And that actually was my first contribution. <laughs> I literally shortened a two-line sentence to one line. Um, and I got really lucky, and that was picked for the, the live commit in New Orleans. And so that for me was like, oh my God, I did a line of documentation. And at the time I didn't realize like, oh, it's just documentation. But afterwards people were like giving me high fives. And, and I think regardless of what you do, people are really supportive. Um, I had someone at Vienna who basically found a duplicate issue. Um, and we explained like, since there's one issue already open, you can link to it and close this issue as duplicate. And he did that and he was so excited. He sent an email to his company and he was like, look, I closed a duplicate issue. And I was like, yes, this is the kind of spirit we want at, at, at Sprint. You know, like you did a thing and it helped. Yeah. And stuff like that, it, it actually, it helps so much because when folks who are able to code, you know, look at the queue and the queue doesn't have as many issues, you know, that just that just increases the velocity of, of the project. All right. So I actually think, you know, if you are a, if you are someone who knows how to code, but you've never, you know, worked the Drupal patch process, I actually think an expectation, you know, if you can attend a sprint, get your local setup, get a clone of Drupal core, you know, either apply a patch or create a new patch. And, you know, even if you want to go crazy, create a diff, you know, um, a patch diff. If you can just understand the patch process, that's a win for the day. Yeah, I think, like, for example, to some of the people on my team who, who regularly do, like, middle to back-end work, I would encourage their expectation to be that, like, to create a patch or, or even to do a re-roll um, for a new version because that's always, like, what we call a novice task, but it kind of gets you familiar with, like, uploading things to an issue, creating a diff, um, and I completely agree with you. I think if you're already a developer and you're comfortable coding and you have an environment on your laptop, a patch is the way to go. And once you do that in sort of a mentored environment like a sprint, when you go home, you'll already know how to do that. So the next time you see an issue and you're like, hey, I, I kind of know how to fix this, you won't be like, there won't be a barrier of like, but I don't know how to contribute. Yeah, no more excuses. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then you're like, oh no, and then I have to upload a patch, and then I have to create a diff. And if you haven't done that, you know, if someone hasn't sort of held your hand to do that, it can be very hard to motivate yourself to do it for the first time. And it can also be intimidating because the issue queue is not always like, hey, welcome, you know. Um, I remember I uploaded a patch once and I think I did it wrong and it got completely ignored <laughs> and they just kept commenting about other stuff and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I did it wrong, you know? Um, and then I was like, hey, did I make a mistake? And they were like, oh yeah, you were supposed to, you know, do it like this. And so sometimes it can be a little hard to do that from home. But if I was at a sprint, I could have just asked, you know, someone, some sprint lead or sprint mentors and like, hey, why are they ignoring me, <laughs> you know? I think the, you know, if you are new to sprinting or to contributing for that matter, I think the two hardest moments are, number one, we've already talked about, is going to a sprint 
for the first time and getting in there. I think the second hardest moment when it comes to contributing is doing something in the solitude of your office cubicle home. Yeah. Right? Because it's one thing to make a contribution when you are at a sprint and you have lots of support around you. It's another thing to, you know, three days later, open up that issue, see where your patch is and update it or, or, or take the next step. And I know that that leads to a much bigger, you know, question, discussion about, you know, ongoing mentorships other than just that one day. Um, but do you have any tips for folks? Like, how do you, how do you, you know, the, the volunteers like you do an amazing job of getting that ball rolling on that first day. But how do we, how do we keep the ball rolling? There are some, some mentors that, that keep in touch with the person that they mentored at a sprint. Um, I know A. Burroughs did that with me after New Orleans where I would just slack him questions afterwards. Um, but I guess you could also talk to a sprint lead and be like, hey, I want to keep contributing. How can I do that? Um, if you make a friend at DrupalCon, it's cool to be like, hey, what do you work on? Like, is there anything you contribute? Because um, there's lo- like these little groups of people that specifically work on like a section or like a type of menu or something. And if you find a group that you like, you can kind of stay with them and like check out what they're working on or what they need. Um, there's that. Uh, posting on Twitter always helps. Like if you're free and you're like, hey, I, I want to do contribution, someone will be like, I need somebody to run a patch or like I need a reroll on this and, and they obviously can't do it on their own issue because they need someone else to do it. So there's always that. Um, and then the Drupal diversity team, we recently started a contrib team within the diversity team where we have like a mentor, uh, someone who's new to Drupal and someone who, you know, kind of has a, you know, so we'll have like a, a middle person, a very experienced person, a totally new person and we'll work on some of the testing issues um, and have the person sort of on board and mentor. And and it's been going on for a few months now. And I think something like that kind of, we kind of call it like an accelerator, long-term mentorship thing. And we're kind of testing it out. But I think something like that would would be a good thing. Um, It's just like, how many volunteers do we have and how can we spread them out? (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned something else that I think is important for folks who are new to contributing and possibly um, sprinting and that's like how do you communicate with other people in the community working on that issue or, or things you're interested in um, a lot of times new you know new contributors don't know about slack or don't know about IRC so that is that something at and I'll talk specifically about you know DrupalCon sprints you know is are those communication channels something that are that are introduced to first-time sprinters? Yes, at DrupalCon we do say like we have a, we'll have like an IRC channel and a Slack channel for the sprint itself. Um, and we'll encourage people to use those channels afterwards as well. In the Drupal Slack, there is a general contribute channel now. It's kind of been consolidated so that like people who aren't at the sprint can also help out or people who are remotely contributing during sprint time. Um, I know at camps they'll have specific IRC channels as well. And then I know Drupal has mentoring hours in the Drupal IRC channel as well, um, where people can drop and be like, hi, I'm trying to do a test for this issue and I'm stuck. And whoever's online can sort of help with that. So let me ask you one more question. 
and you've kind of sprinkled in uh, some of these, you know, during our discussion here. But do, do you have like one success story that kind of stands out um, from uh, being a sprint mentor, watching someone kind of go through this process and, and having a kind of a fun success? Yeah, I think I already mentioned this story, but this one is kind of my favorite. And um, when uh, one of my sort of mentees closed the issue as duplicate, but was so excited. And I was like, hey, like, do you, do you want to start another issue? And he was like, no, I need to send an email to my boss first. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, oh, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to link the issue. And I need to take a selfie with the table. And, I, and, and just the enthusiasm was so it was so great. And since it was my first time mentoring as well, I was just kind of like, oh, this is this is like monumental for me. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a win for, for both. Yeah, it wasn't a commit, but, you know, it, it for me, I kind of felt bad. And I was like, oh, like, is this is he going to be OK with this level of contribution? But but he was just ecstatic about closing an issue. <laughs> oh, my God. Stuff like that is so important because it just, you know, it just saves time. It, it makes the whole process more efficient. You know, if we could reduce the number of duplicate issues, yeah. Well, I was say, just the inefficiencies in, in in the process, and you know, the inefficiencies are always going to happen. There's always going to be someone who creates a new issue without really searching for a du- for for the issue and labels it as critical. <laughs> yeah, there's always going to. I mean, that that I don't think we're ever going to be able to stop. But if we have like this team of folks who just you know pop into you know the issue queue every now and then and and just confirm that, yes, this is a real issue. It's a new issue. There's no duplicate. This is the one that we should be paying attention to versus having four issues that are all related to the same thing. You know, if we can eliminate or reduce all of these inefficiencies, that just helps a project on such a big level. And we don't really, and to reduce those inefficiencies, you don't need to be a coder most of the time. And I think this is kind of speaks to the success of the triage sprint. Like just walking through issues and like determining if there's still a, a, an active issue, determining what needs to be done first. You don't really know, need to know too much about the module or about the specific bug. Like you kind of just have to know how to read the issue. So I think that's why triage is really popular as like a first time contributor thing. Yeah, we did actually. Um, we That was our the, the sprint at Florida Drupal Camp last year in 2017. It was It was a triage sprint. And then that helps, you know, more of the constant, not constant, but more of the common contributors because it reduces the amount of things that they have to look at. So they can scroll to the bottom where someone has written, I tested this and it's not working anymore, you know? Right. You can focus, you know, just it provides better focus. Yeah, exactly. So let's not bury the lead because I think the most important um, thing we have to talk about is the fact that uh, the Drupal Association is giving away the giant DrupalCon. Anybody who is on like who's been to a DrupalCon in the past, or maybe it's just a generic Drupal Association mailing list, got an email in the past week or so saying that they're, they're retiring the current DrupalCon, the giant inflatable DrupalCon that shows up at every DrupalCon event. That everyone must have a picture with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone takes a, takes a picture with, with the DrupalCon. And they're giving it away at the end of DrupalCon Nashville to one of the registered attendees. And I guess we're getting a, a new DrupalCon of some type. I, I don't know what that could possibly be, but um, I just think that's fantastic. I, I worry that someone's going to be paying an extra $25 in baggage fees for the way home. <laughs> I guess it would help if that someone is with a company or something. They can stuff it with their boot stuff. Yeah, but that, oh my goodness. What, that is... Uh, 
I saw that and my jaw dropped and I'm like, oh, how do I how do I fix that so I can have that thing? I, I think the Acquia office in Boston has like a Lego yes. Drupalcon. Yeah, I saw that too and I was like, I want that. And there's so many little Drupal things that like I want to collect. This is not a little one though. This is a... Uh... You need like, a, like an electric air pump to fill that one up because that would take forever to... Yeah, I think it's like one of those like dinosaur costumes that just have the air pump like attached to it at all times. Okay, so uh, let's take another quick break here. Let me just mention a couple of uh, Drupal Easy classes that are coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, starting at the end of February, on February 27th, is uh, our six-week, uh, three-half-day-a-week Mastering Drupal Development Workflows with Pantheon. This is kind of an intermediate, intermediate-level class. Um, specific to developing Drupal 8 sites with Composer on Pantheon. Um, it's, it's a fantastic class. I love teaching it. There's lots of information on the Drupal Easy website about it. And at the end of March, uh, starting on March 26th, is kind of our, our flagship Drupal Career Online program. This is 12 weeks, again, three half days a week. All Both of these classes are live online. Uh, you're lucky enough to see me on your computer in GoToMeeting uh, three times a week, <laughs> uh, yapping at you about how awesome Drupal is. And um, I think the phrase uh, best practices uh, might get uttered uh, somewhere between three and 400 times uh, during that class. Bring a clicker. <laughs> yeah, you sh- we should. <laughs> if you're interested in either one of those, go to DrupalEasy.com. Registration is now open for both of them. They're, uh, you know, I won't lie, they're a lot of work, but they're a lot of fun, and you, you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to learn the right way to build Drupal 8 sites. So check those out at DrupalEasy.com. So upcoming events, uh, Drupal Camp Florida, I've mentioned it, I think, once or at least once already. Uh, 20, uh, February 16th through 18th. Uh, so coming up here, the time of the recording in about uh, two weeks, but when this podcast is released, I think we're going to be about a week out. So uh, you better book your plane tickets fast. It's our 10th anniversary. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned, including keynotes from Sally Young, Adam Bergstein, and Angie Byron is going to be in town for that one. I'm so sad I can't make it. <laughs> Those keynotes are like the three... Those should be in three separate camps. It's not fair. (laughs) That's right. It's not fair. That's why you should come. (laughs) (laughs) And then mid-camp, Fatima, you mentioned that you might be at mid-camp. That's March 8th through 11th in the Chicago area, I believe. I submitted a session called Sprinting and Why Your Company Should Let You Do It. <laughs> oh, well, you might know a thing or two about that. Hey, do you guys get, you know, Digital Echidna, the company you work for, you, you guys are known for the just wearing the hockey jerseys. Yes, that's us. <laughs> do you get new hockey jerseys every year? How does that work? No, we just dry clean them. <laughs> does everyone, I've never noticed, does everyone have like their own number on the back? No, it just says Echidna on the back. And then there's a giant echidna embroidered <laughs> oh, okay yeah <laughs> we we don't actually get to keep them we just pick one up when it's time to go to a camp or a conference oh now i'm i'm, I'm kind of bummed for you I, I think some people get them if, if you're a veteran long enough and, and you leave the company maybe you'll get to keep it but i'm okay with the recycle because then they take care of the cleaning instead of me. Oh, that's true okay I, I hear you wearing that. it five days in a row gets kind of sweaty <laughs> yeah i can hear that <laughs> and then DrupalCon nashville which we've been talking about this whole time april 9th through 13th in nashville which is gonna be exciting yes lots of great music in nashville 
So where can people find you online, Fatima? Twitter is great. <laughs> My is, it, is it great all the time? I mean, I mean, Twitter is great to find me <laughs> because I don't check. LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, so my Twitter handle is KS Fatima. Um, that's K S F A T I M A. Um, you could also tweet at Digital Echidna. Uh, we would love that <laughs> if you listen to this podcast. Tell us you loved it. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're on you're on the Drupal Slack channels, I'm sure. Yes, that's Sugar Overflow. <laughs> Sugar Overflow on that. Okay, very good. All right, so now for my favorite part of each episode is where we learn a little bit more about our guests. So, are you ready, Fatima? Yeah. Name something interesting you do outside of Drupal. I don't know if this is interesting, but I play a lot of games. <laughs> I like book games. I like video games. I like augmented reality weird games on my phone where I have this little pet cat. This was actually my recent recent favorite. You have this little pet cat, but it's an augmented reality app, so you kind of have to like aim it in your bedroom, and then you can like feed the cat and do tricks with the cat. It's just really funny because I get so into it that if I turn the phone too much and the cat disappears, I expect it to be there in my room, even though I was looking at it through my phone. So I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with AR apps right now. What's the name of, 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 that, of that one? Uh, I think it's called like My AR Cat. It's not very, um, yeah, hang on. I have it. I think I need to find this one because I... It's like AR Pet Cat. And then it meows, too. It's really cute. It's a very basic app. Uh, it's called Meow. Meow? Okay, very good. I think I'm going to have to get this because I grew up with cats. My wife is allergic to cats, so we have a dog. And, you know, our dog is great. We love our dog. But I've always, I've always you know, I, I, I like cats. They're just, they just kind of hang out. But I can never have a cat. So I feel like if I, if I get this app... Um, I can have a cat, and my wife will still love me. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool AR apps. Another one that I'm playing with is Zombie Run. Um, it's kind of like audio storytelling where zombies are chasing you, and you basically you're on the treadmill, and they'll just be like, and then you have to run because the zombies are coming. And it kind of gets you running longer than you would want to because of the storytelling. That sounds like the there. I don't know if they have them up uh, where you are, but around where I am, they have a. I believe it's a five k race. Um, that's a zombie run, and at different points, it's held at night, and at different points through the race, these people dressed up as zombies jump out and chase you. Oh, that's terrifying! I would never do that in real life. I have control over the phone application <laughs> at night too. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's scary. All right. Question number two. What's your all-time favorite movie? Uh, Spirited Away. I th- I believe. Is that... Um... The Miyazaki. It's like an animated film about this little girl who kind of gets transported to another world. Is that Studio Ghibli? Is that how you say it? Yes. That's the one. So on our last podcast, I believe it was our last episode, we had Neil and Tim from the Drupal Association on. And I believe that was one of Tim's favorite movies as well. (laughs) It's just so deep. I've seen it so many times and I still don't fully understand what it's trying to tell me. Wow. I I, I haven't seen it, but now that two people have mentioned it. And it's beautiful. Like Studio Ghibli, like all of their movies are so beautiful. Okay. Uh, Name your favorite music artist. Um, I do not have good music taste. I didn't start listening to music until like college. 
Um, my parents were kind of like, no music for you. Um, so I listened to a lot of like radio pop. <laughs> I like Demi Lovato. <laughs> that's, that's no, you don't have to be ashamed by that. <laughs> this is why every, this is what makes the world go round. <laughs> you need people like me who like pop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so here's usually the hardest question for most people. What's the last exotic animal that you either hand fed or you held or you interacted with in some way? Uh, a monkey. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think a couple of summers ago, I, I don't remember where we were, but we got to like feed the, you know, those monkeys on the streets that like do acts and they perform. Um, and, and the guy was like, you can come and shake hands with the monkey. And the monkey like jumped onto my shoulder and I was screaming. And <laughs> it wasn't a great experience in the beginning, but I got a cool picture out of it. So <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but where my office is, so we have a small office in this, um, in this uh, place called Coco Village, which is like this little, very quaint downtown area uh, right on, uh, right on uh, the Indian River Lagoon. And there is... A guy who has walked around Coco Village, you know, for years with his pet monkey. And, you know, the monkey's got like a diaper and, but for somehow, I don't know how it happened, but everybody knows to stay away from this guy and the pet monkey because it, the whole thing is just creepy. The guy <laughs> looks creepy. The monkey looks creepy. And, <laughs> You know, Cocoa Village also has like this little um, small private school in it, uh, right in the middle of it where my where my kids went. I feel like there should be a movie about the monkey at Cocoa Village. Yeah, it's, but you know, it's just it was like a K through six school, and you know, there's a park in in the village as well where a lot of the kids, you know, and their moms or dads would go after school and play at the park. And if the if the monkey guy was there, then you know. All of the moms and dads were on high alert that if the monkey guy comes near the playground, playtime's over, everybody goes home. <laughs> and I don't know, I honestly don't know if, if there's some history there, if something happened. I just know it, it, as long as I have been going to Coco Village, it's just kind of been the unspoken, don't talk to the monkey guy. <laughs> and I'm sure there's lots of wonderful monkey guys in the world. But the one at Coco Village is a legend. <laughs> For some reason. And, you know, God forbid that it's all just wrong and he's really a nice person. I, I, I don't know. Too late now, Mike. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to your podcast. I don't, I don't, I don't, get, the, I don't get the impression that he does. <laughs> all right. So now my favorite question is, what was your tipping point Drupal moment? Um, I don't know. I think my first DrupalCon and Drupal Anything was Drupal New Orleans. Um, and I remember I met a couple of people and I didn't really know who they were. Like when the beginning when people were like, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a core committer. I was like, that's great. I don't know what that means, you know? And then, you know, three days into the con, I was like, oh my God, I met those people already. Um, and I, I remember sitting at lunch and, and thinking of, I think it was Thursday and I didn't have a, like a team for trivia night. Um, and somebody was talking about trivia night and I remember it was Scott uh, Kotzer and I was just like, can I be on your team? And he was just like, yeah, sure. And, and it was like Kotzer and Mark Drummond and Sarah Jean. And, and it was just these like really great people that are good friends of mine now. 
Um, but at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I have a trivia team. You know? I think you answered the question that Drupacon New Orleans was probably your, or New Orleans was probably your tipping point moment. Yeah, I think, I, and it's funny because it was my first anything Drupal. I didn't know what Drupal was. That My company was just like, we're redesigning in Drupal. Go learn. Um, and I had Googled it, but really I didn't do much research. And, and for me, I feel like the community was just like, welcome. And I was like, I'm in. They don't know I'm an imposter. <laughs> so have you, now this is kind of a personal question, but have you always been an extrovert? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's great. So I think... I think a lot of people take a while before they do the community aspect when they sort of start working with Drupal. Whereas for me, before I even got technical, I, I kind of just jumped into the community and met all the people. Um, and then I went home after New Orleans and I was like, oh, there's there's code. <laughs> like there's PHP. I've never done it in my life, you know? <laughs> and so getting into the technical for me became easier because I recognized all these people and I'd met them and I could email them and ask for help. Yeah, you're one of the few people who did it backwards. You came for the community and stayed for the code. Yeah, people tell me, they're like, how do you know everyone already? And I'm like, I don't know, it, it just, New Orleans, man, it just happened. But literally, the, our slogan is come for the code, stay for the community. You came for the community and stayed for the code. I think I came for the code, but the community made me stay. All right, that, that seems like that's a great place to, uh, uh, you know, wrap things up here. Let me mention a couple of our other sponsors, or one of our other sponsors with two different um, brands, so to speak, webenable.com and devpanel.com. Uh, Salim from uh, DevPanel will be at Florida Drupal Camp uh, presenting um, a demo of DevPanel. It, you know, it sounds like it's uh, really cool what he's going to be presenting, so check that out if you're at Florida Drupal Camp. As always, if you like this podcast, just search for us on you know Google or iTunes or you know well I, should, I guess I should say the podcast app or Google Play or any one of the gazillion podcast um, aggregators uh, out there. And if you're interested in what we might be talking about in the future, you can always check out the Drupal Easy podcast on Reddit. And I think that is just about it. Oh, upcoming podcast. I see Fatima's actually typing in our in our rundown. Thank you. Let me <laughs> Well, you mentioned you were gonna have the events coordinator. I did Brooke Candelaria, who I love saying her last name. I hope I'm saying it right. I don't she's not gonna be on for a few episodes. It's upcoming. It's upcoming <laughs> for sure. We've got a couple other people sort of lined up that I don't want to mention yet, just in case. So let me just, let's wrap things up. Fatima, thank you very much uh, for your time today and for all the work you do uh, in the Drupal community. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. <laughs> all right, fantastic. And we will see everybody on the next Drupal Easy podcast. See ya! Bye!